This is Springboard, a multimedia educational and personal development intervention, the biggest of its kind running since August 2008. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstition Joy 99.7 FM. We are proudly sponsored by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and our print media support comes from the Business and Financial Times and the Graphic Business, while Dream Oval is our technology partner. Tonight, on behalf of the Virtual Academic Board comprising Comfort the Registrar, with support from Matthew, Priscilla, and Amos, let me thank you for joining us on Joy 99.7 FM. And you can also join us on Facebook Live tonight. Tonight, on your virtual university, we continue our discussion on education, which we started last week as part of our Smart Solutions series. Last week, we explored the, the past, the present, and maybe a sneak preview into the future of education, especially powered by technology and smart solutions. We looked at the contrast between education as it is predominantly practiced here in our country and that which pertains in other jurisdictions. We also introduced what technology is doing in the in the lecture rooms and in the classrooms and how we can be abreast with with new smarter ways of doing things today we'll rebaptize your mobile phone that phone in your hands we will take it and do baptism by immersion and by the time your phone comes out it will be your best developmental ally your best partner in your personal development journey my guests for tonight's very insightful discussion once again i'm honored to have kafu prebi CEO of TechAid on the show tonight. Kafi, welcome to Springboard. Thank you very much. Right. As we also explore um, how technology and how learning can help us transition forward in our careers, I have Ni Kwe Kote from Ecobank. He's a human resource business partner, and he will help us understand that transition between the learning and our corporate life. Ni Kwe, welcome to Springboard. Oh, thank you. This must be your first time on the virtual university. Yeah, it's actually my first time. We should ponder on, we should, to, we should, yeah. we on the show. <laughs> 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 All right. So we'll be joined along the line by Derry Dindazi, who's a member of faculty. Derry is a member of the council, the university council at the virtual university. He's one of our, our very senior faculty members. So he will be joining us along the line. We'll also hear from Gad Okran, a man who has actually used personal learning online courses to totally changed the direction of his career, giving us some highlights about how he, he, he made that transition by the power of personal development and e-learning. But let me tell you my topic for tonight. We are talking about democratizing education through the power of technology. It sounds almost like a political subject, democratization of education. Somebody <laughs> say, what, which one too is that one? It's simple. Personal development and informal learning gives you the power to learn anything you like. And so... We, we call it democratization simply because it puts the power in your hands to choose what you want to learn. Have you ever heard someone say, I wanted to do literature or architecture, but they forced me to drop it because I was a science student or a business student. Or, or somebody say, I was not given this subject because I didn't get the aggregate. In personal learning, listen, nobody gives you any subject. You choose what you want and you learn it. There is no limitation and you are not limited by geography or distance. And that's why it's so big. And tonight, the questions we are asking, this development where you get to choose what you want to learn, what does it mean and what opportunities does it present? Do employers and companies recognize these online courses and personal development interventions? How can our listeners start developing themselves right from tonight? 
And what is the ro role of mobile telephony in all this? Can the mobile phone become your biggest personal development ally as we approach that big year 2018 where technology and strategy will be at the center of everything we do on this virtual university? So I have, I have in the studio tonight Kafui Prebi, Ni Kote, and we've been joined by Derry Dimdazi. Derry, welcome to Springboard once again. Thank you very much. I was telling them that you are a member of the University Council because <laughs> you're a senior member. All right, so let's start with this discussion with how education has transitioned from old-time learning and, and where we are right now. Let me, let me give you the chance, Kafui, since you were with us last week, to, to lay the foundation that we pick it up from there. How has education transitioned um, to the point where now we're talking about the mobile phone being an ally in the educational journey? Okay. Thank you very much, Albert, for giving me another opportunity to share our experiences. So I, I would try to categorize it into five very clear steps so that we see where we've come from. Now, we started from the classroom, which was all very pure and text-based, printed books and materials. Then we moved on to an era where we had computer-based training, where we call the CBTs, where we had standalone systems because computers became available, and people then could use their computers to study. Then, computers were now being networked in a, in a school setting, for example. So you could have courses that were set up within the school in a local area network that people could access. So we moved from computer-based training or teaching and moved to land-based learning management systems where you could sit in one portion of the school and access content in a different portion of that school. Then came the dot-com era where we had all the internet and so on and so forth. At that point, education went online and it could be assessed anywhere and anytime. Now, today we've gotten to the post.com era, right? Which is the fifth, which is where we are today. So is where, it the, the dot, dot .gh era? <laughs> <laughs> Beyond .com, but the dot .gh. Exactly. So we, we've moved from the .com boom. We're now in the post.com. And we're in an era where there are many actors, not only necessarily universities or specific people. Others who offer courses have joined that era. And therefore, the world has gone virtual. And today, with cloud-based systems, the mobile devices have been the way to access courses. And it's not strictly only universities or certified training institutions, but others have joined. And there's now a collaboration within these five stages. Right. So you, you, you trace the, the, from where you sit five stages in the learning process. I had a, a privilege of looking at a report that tries to project the next hundred years oh my God, and beyond and the role of robots in the learning. <laughs> we'll, we'll hit that one very shortly. Yeah, artificial Let intelligence me, it's, and all it's that. Just, it's just exciting when you begin to look at yeah. some of the projections. And you see, you can't rule out these as being too futuristic and too ambitious because where we, where we are today, somebody predicted predicted it 30 years ago Absolutely. And, or, or probably even 10 years ago yes. and we are seemingly ahead of where they said we, we would be at this point let me come to to you Derry. It, it seems that increasingly technology has become the center piece of education and um, last week it, it, it's the, the the idea seemed to be that previously technology was seen as a subject to be studied today it is seen as an enabler of the, the educational process. Tell us how we arrived at this point. 
Um, I think that um, over the years, we've grown more knowledgeable as a society. And um, with knowledge comes more desire to measure, more desire to be real-time. So there's a, there's, there's, there's a, there's a new real-timeness to everything that we are doing. There's a lot more context um, that people desire. So back in the day, you go and sit in a class and everybody's doing the same thing at the same time. You know, there are periods. And still, we still have that kind of situation in Ghana. But what we see is that with technology, you can actually contextualize the way people learn. You can actually determine what is good for this person. At what speed will this person learn? What is the kind of data the person's learning is churning out? You can't do that with the current kind of dispensation, right? And, and, and that for us is the most powerful thing that technology does. That's one, it gives us context. If you want proper context when it comes to assessment, with, with, without technology, a teacher can look at you and be, depending on how you behave, for example, during the term, he can just write in your note, this kid is not good for, let's say, mathematics, or this child should go, he should, should probably pursue science. But with technology, you can actually get critical data that will enable you to make a good decision about your child. And that, for me, is how the technology has become more or less the mainstay, right? And this is being pushed across different um, levels, especially when you go to the Silicon Valley area. We've innovated and disrupted across different devices, from transportation to knowledge sharing to everything else. And one area that innovation should more or less kickstart is education. And you realize that a lot of the startups these days, actually, we have a lot of technology startups that are actually pushing edutech right and if if i draw our, our our minds back one of the key things that we always try to try to do is give people the access to learn without being present at a learning location right. and this is started way back if those of us who used to do world bible school right you were actually doing digital learning via um, letter correspondences right. way 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 back so what what has happened is this the the way that people want to learn has not really changed what has evolved is that there are more capabilities to enable those ways because distant learning has been there since at least I know that since 19 something before in the 90s I was doing yeah, World Bible School, yeah. right? I don't know about you, Albert. I don't know whether I you did. did. I did yeah, you did all this, right? But now with technology, I can sit here and then go on Coursera and then go and study a course. Right back in the day, they would ship all your courses to you via um, yeah, letter. You know, like a package. A package. Mm -hmm. And then you do them, then you ship them back. Right. But now you can, if you ship them, it will take you another three months for you to get feedback. Right. right. So just, just for context, the, per the report that I have in front of me, 1875 AD. Right, uh, 1875 <laughs> is where the first <laughs> distance distance Imagine. learning model was developed, and yeah. it was mainly to encourage homeschooling, yeah. particularly for women who had to stay at home for um, for reasons of taking care of family, yeah. and providing them an option to learn through meals. So, what technology seems to have done is to take human behavior, yeah. our preferences, and provide the tools to make it happen the way we want to happen. Yeah. Right, right. Let me come up to, to you, Nikwe. Uh, uh, you sit um, in the HR, uh, you are a senior HR business partner in a, a, an established multinational. And so for somebody to get in there, they must meet the requirements. We are talking about the role of personal learning, personal development. And we find that individuals, I mean, have the power right now to design what they want to learn. So in the function in which you sit, do you find that sometimes 
people by some of these learning programs can enhance themselves and find opportunity, let's say, in your bank? Yeah, thank you, Robert. Yeah, basically, um, as an employer, we do recognize the times we are in now. I think um, any institution or organization that will say at this time, I don't want to accept you know, a certificate from an online institution or somebody virtually you know, acquired the learning, therefore, because the person that is sits within the four walls of a classroom, it means the person that and then an institution will just be doing a lot of harm to itself because we are in an age where now there are a lot of millennials entering into the workforce. Baby boomers are going to fizzle out from the workforce and being replaced by millennials. And these millennials are the tech service, the people who are, you know, making technology talk in this era. So these people are entering into the workforce. So if as an organization, your citizens say, well, I do not recognize a certificate from a virtual institution, then I think uh, you stand a, loss, a lot to lose than right. to gain. So to, 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 to just answer your question, yeah, we do accept uh, certificates that people you know, get from uh, virtual institutions, but we do background checks to authenticate such certificates to be very sure that you know, they are real and genuine. Right. Yeah. Talking about certificates, I mean, you find that sometimes uh, people tend to overemphasize the paper to the detriment of the, of the value that you bring to to the workplace. I mean, I recall several years ago interviewing for a marketing function and a young man who had read marketing from one of our premier universities asking us to give him a salary that befits his degree. And it was the first time I heard something like that. The salary, <laughs> the, the salary must befit the degree. So I looked for the, the resemblance. And so to test the value of his degree, we asked him to tell us his unique selling proposition. And he couldn't tell us. And the more we pressed and tried to even make it easier for him to understand what a USP meant, the more he fumbled it until he eventually told us, well, I, I get tensed when I sit in interviews. <laughs> and yet he wanted a salary that would fit his degree. I mean, what, what, what do you have to tell people who, who are so excited about the paper? Look, I have, I have a second-class upper, and, and, and they can't solve critical problems. They can't think uh, um, outside the textbook and so on. What do you have to tell them about the, the reality of, of, the, of the corporate workplace? Okay, so basically, yeah, the degree is good, the certificate is good because that will be the first um, deciding point, for instance, when um, you're shortlisting candidates for a job interview because there should be a standard of measure where you're going to say, okay, this person, we need to be looked at or not. But the certificate is just like I said, it's just the starting point. But at the end of the day, when the people get in doing the job interview, yeah, what we are looking at is basically what is the person going to bring on board? You know, what is the value proposition that the person is going to bring on board? And that is where if you're able to um, justify your value proposition, then as an organization, you'll be looked at as, you know, one of the main competitors for that particular job. So the degree is okay, is a criteria to actually get you the job interview. But at a job interview, you are no longer looking at the paper or the certificate that you brought. You bypass that stage. Now the next level is, what are you bringing on board? And that's um, a question that, you know, sometimes when I seek an interview panel, I've seen a lot of people fumble. What are you bringing on board? They are not able to define the value, you know, that they are, what, what is unique about them, their selling proposition. 
you know, what they are bringing on board. And that is, you know, something that a lot of people, you know, are not able to really define the core competencies that they seem to possess. Right. I'll be coming back to to to, to ask you about um, something we'll be discussing in great detail next week. What what the future looks like um, in the in the in the mix between corporate uh, learning and the, and, the, and, the, and the corporate world. But let me let me um, Derry, let me get into um, what the prediction is about the the seventh level of education. Uh, from the year 2029. I'm reading a timeline, a projection that has been made. I mean, <laughs> so it, it is predicted that in 2029, brain implants will be used in education. So computer implants designed for direct connection to the brain will be capable of augmenting your natural senses and enhancing your higher brain functions like your memory, your learning speed, and overall intelligence. I'm asking you, aren't you now becoming like robots? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th- I think, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a level of utopia that is achievable. Um, the key thing is that what does it add to society? You know, some of us want society to be at a, a certain technology equilibrium and not let technology take over everything because then my senses will not make sense again then I, I i will not have any conscience because i can program my conscience to be fit whatever i feel that i want to do right but the brain implant thing i think that is going to happen um it, it might not be mass it might not be mass how do you call it something that will be done on mass in the year 2029 um, because society in itself would society more or less evolves within its own time right but i see i see opportunities there where now with brain implant we're going to store more you're going to have more memory uh you're going to store more 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 things uh you're going to remember more you won't forget history um so if you don't forget history you have more context because if you can actually remember how somebody has helped you you can remember all your courses you can remember things then you're able to become more accurate and i think the society needs a lot of a certain level of accuracy like if you check right now we have goal line technology it has taken away doubt when it comes to whether something is a goal or it's not a goal when it comes we to EPL. Needed it in yeah so now in 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 2020 in, in 2029 you're going to see things like that when it comes to, for example, practicals, you can actually print things and then use them for your practicals. Now, if I want to do the human anatomy, it's very difficult to figure figure it out. It becomes more expensive. Now, with 3D printer, it will be easy for you to do models and then print them and see how things will react. So if you want to mutate something, you can mutate um, any organism in the lab and then print it and see, okay, this is how... It is going to look like, you know, when, when, when it is out. So it will help in better decision taking. It is interesting <laughs> that you talk about 3D printing because per that research, it was projected that 3D printing will be, by 2059, will be like regular classroom stuff. Yeah. But today, 3D printing is being yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so my, 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 my understanding seems to be that everything that has been predicted, we probably are arriving there earlier than, than, yeah. than was predicted. Let me come to you, um, Kafui, and... It is also said, just one more on the timeline, it says by 2099, <laughs> robots, that is, intelligent beings can instantly acquire knowledge and skills by downloading them directly. That means the process of learning can be compressed into an instantaneous affair instead of the years <laughs> years of struggle that is characterized by the normal human study experience. And looking at the fact that, listen, the, 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 the computer power, the, 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 
computers, even your mobile phone, has right. much more power than what the, the power that took the, the uh, Apollo to the moon. Right. Why would you doubt anything like that? Oh, there's no doubt. Absolutely. I mean, today, IBM Watson, right? Yeah. Was IBM Watson was put on a platform with other people to sort of answer questions. And IBM Watson, which is an artificial intelligence software, beat other people on the platform. Yeah. It answers the questions more accurately than humans. So we're there. It's not as if it's a fast. What we're talking about today was predicted. It happened. Yeah. And some of the podcasts that were even 10 years ago, some things about the use of Surface and iBooks and everything, they are all here. So what we're discussing today, it's really going to happen in a couple of years to come. And it's actually being tested right. in other places, yes. All that we are doing is laying a foundation for the real discussion today. And the discussion today is about democratization of personal learning and personal development. So I want to do literature. My school says we don't have a literature teacher, so you can't do literature. Or I want to do architecture. They say I'm a science student, you can't do architecture. Or I like history. They say, listen, you are a promising person. You will do medicine, mm -hmm. so don't do history. So for one reason or another, a course that you like, a course you are interested in is denied you. Right. It could be geography. It could be cost. It could be the availability of the teacher, etc. But personal learning and development allows you to choose what you want to learn and learn it at your convenience in your own way. How is this changing the world that we live in? Can I tell you? Sorry, can I tell a story? Right. Today I was like I was on my way to work um, today, and then I had a call from a friend. So he was chatting to me on WhatsApp and said, "Can I call you?" So I was expecting him to call me normal line. He called me on WhatsApp. I said, "Ah, why are you not in Ghana?" And so, oh, he has migrated to the Netherlands. Then he said, I "Want to discuss something? What do you want to discuss?" He says that now he wants to code. And how does he go about it? Because in Netherlands, he can't speak the language. It's taking forever to get settle. settled down. In the same. He has to go through some classes. But he feels that when he codes, coding is generally in English. So when he yeah. codes, it gives him a certain opportunity. And he said he remembers his last coding was academic. When he was in university, he did some coding, but he did it in QBasic. And I just told him that, look, now there are courses online. You can go to, you can do either Udemy, you can do... Coursera, Coursera, you can do um, edX. That there are a couple of courses that you can actually take. And the key thing is one, he needs that desire to want to learn. Pause there. Yeah. When when you mention these courses, because it's familiar to those of us in the studio, we, we, we rattle them on. But somebody, <laughs> the, the last um, the last time we met the the team, the medical um, team, and we we're having discussing various apps that you can use to. Um, check your body mass index and your, your heartbeat and all that. If we're actually, you mentioned it slowly, you even spell it so we can go and try it. We can go and try uh, it. Because it was medical, I was very hesitant because that has implications. But right. this is education. That's yeah. why I, I can be a bit more bold and adventurous. Right. So please, when you say Coursera, spell it for the benefit of somebody. So listening. Coursera is like a course C O U, um, how do you call it? S E R A. Mm -hmm. Coursera.com. And um, it's, it's a collaboration between different universities that are offering over 2,000 courses yeah. um, that you can have access to. And the Coursera model is, um, there are, are paid models and free models. Yeah. So one way is, one, you take the course, and then if, if you write the exam you pass, you can pay, and then they'll send you a certificate. Or you can take the course and just take the course. You are not going to get a certificate, but you would have, been, you would have completed the course. You pay a certain amount of money, and then you get your certificate. And there are all kinds of courses. Udemy has over 55,000 courses. And that's also... Um, spell, spell that for me as well. Udemy is um, U-D-E-M-Y. 
Right. Udemy. Um, it has over 55.com. Yeah, it has so we have two. Coursera.com, Udemy.com. We have plenty. So, Linda. So listeners out there, <laughs> listeners out there, at least you have two that you can you can write down and we'll put them on our Facebook page. Talking about Facebook, if you are listening tonight and you want to have the real-time view ex- uh, of this experience, just watch us on Albert N.E. Okran. That's on Facebook. Just go to my Facebook wall and, and this is streaming live and you can watch it and you can you can post your questions there and my guests will, will, will help you with answers right in the studio. So let's continue the discussion. What I'm seeking to explore, how um, Nikwe, how has our world changed? I mean, you probably did your university education at a, in a different era from where it is now. But how, how much power, how much confidence, how 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 different is this world today that gives you the power to learn anything you want, anytime you like, and in any way that you like? How different is it and how much, how has it changed the, the, the whole world? Okay. I think uh, basically I will say this has been made possible in an era that some people would like to say we are in the fourth revolution, industrial revolution, or some people say the digital age. So basically it is technology that has really, really inspired and empowered you know, the opportunity for people to learn the way that they are learning now. Uh, even, for instance, when it comes to the corporate world now, it's uh, very unheard of for people to say, okay, I'm quitting my job to go to the university to study and come back. You go there, there are lots of people who are working and studying as well. You know, there are lots of online courses. You know, that's some, some people offer tuition assistance you know, in Ghana, but others do just virtual, you know, learning, then they get the knowledge that they want to, to enhance their work. So basically what is happening now is just the proliferation of technology and smartphones, you know, or let's say the smart um, tablets, wearables, smartphones and all that. That is really, really, you know, empowering us the way we are learning now. It is... 34 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock and my, my discussion tonight is about personal learning, personal development. And my aim is to get us all, no matter your age, starting from... Can, can people who are, are aged, let's say, 8, 9, 10, also benefit coffee from this this whole, what he calls the fourth revolution? Yeah, so, so before I, I come to that, let me just help with the Coursera. Um, it's Coursera.org which is easier to find. Um, Coursera.org is easier to find. There's another one, which is edx.org. That's also very helpful. Yeah. And, and, and LinkedIn has... Linda. Yeah, yeah. Linda is L-Y-N-D-A dot com. Linda is a great tool. And, and then the graphic design, those in the creative, in the creative area, you can go to Toots, T-U-T-S. Yes. Toots Plus. Yeah. Uh, so, so these are, these are great... Um, learning tools, and if you're so you are posting, you are posting these these um, on my Facebook page. Um, Albert, any Okran, plus just so yes. just so you can find them. So <laughs> exactly. So, so Linda L Y N D A dot. Udacity is also very good. U D A C I T Y. Udacity. I think that's Khan Academy. Yeah. Khan yeah, Academy has a lot of videos as well. Khan Academy is purely videos. Yeah. Spell Khan Academy for the benefit of our listeners. Khan Academy, K H A N. Academy. Academy. Right. All right. All six. So Khan Academy. Academy.com is videos. Yeah. 
Okay. So let's let me just tell our listeners why I'm doing this. Because anytime we do something here on the virtual university, our aim is to inspire action. So somebody listening tonight can say, listen, at least after listening to Springboard, I went onto this site and I found something that is beneficial to me and therefore I can mark this date the fifth of November and say that was the day I, I started exploring online learning. And those are important landmarks in our journey because very often we get to meet people who say, you remember that day in Ho? And then they tell you the date and they tell you what they, what they began to do and how it has transformed their lives. Absolutely amazing testimony. So we will post these, these links on our, our Facebook page just so you can interact with them. But Derry, let me come to you again. Um, so I um, Kafi, didn't answer the question about a child who's eight, a child yes. who's nine, ten, eleven. Can yes, they so participate in this rule? And yes, then, of, of course, right. speak also to my retirees. I, 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 I want to always spend a couple of minutes to touch base with people who have, have hit the peak uh, in terms of the formal working life, 60 and beyond, who want to become consultants. They want to try new things that they may not have gotten the chance to try during their mainline career. Speak to them for me, as well as the younger ones. Okay, so I'll start with the younger ones. The younger ones enjoy videos. They enjoy animations. They, they, they enjoy these things. So Khan Academy, for example, has lots of beautiful, great videos that teaches science, technology, mathematics. It, it talks about even basic addition, multiplication, very interesting things, algorithms that explains even with, you know, diagrams wise teaching and speaking. And, and it, it has all these basic, you know, explanations, even the simple things like number line. My, my, my last born loves robotics. He loves he loves things like that. Exactly. He finds regular subjects sometimes boring. sometimes boring. <laughs> I've tried to, I've tried to get it out. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's the, the millennials. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. Yes, the millennials love to look. They like to look at the screen. Right. They don't like the textbooks anymore. So these videos are created in formats that if the kids watch these videos, actually they will perform better than if you had given them those exercises. Because the videos are sometimes very interactive. They have games that they have to choose. Three plus four is this number. It's, you know, and it marks them almost immediately. So as if they are playing games, they're really learning. And they love this technology. The future is the surface. It's no more books. So these kids are really surface-driven people. They love to see screens. We must change our, our, our whole outlook of our academic of system. They like to see screens, and that's what they want. They like the mobile phone, the tablet, and they will learn everything. They watch the videos, and they have the headsets on. So, Gary, yes. speak to this. The mobile phone. One of our big objectives of 2018, if you want to change a nation, if you want to change a community, if you want to change a people, use what they have to give them what they don't have. And one of our big ambitions in Springboard is to use the mobile phone to improve this nation. Simple. So as we talk about the year 2018 and our theme, leveraging strategy and technology, we want to explore, for instance, how can... Because we, we need to work with something that people have in their hands. And the good news is that the mobile telephony is, is democratic. Everybody has it. How is, 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 it, is it doable? Can we use mobile telephony as the springboard for changing this nation, especially in the area of education? Um, the word is absolutely, and it's very absolute, um, um, in the sense that the key thing here is content, because mobile phone is just a case, it's a box. What is important for the mo mobile phone to function is the content and the purpose of the content. So if we are wanting to educate 
our society then we have a box that we can create amazing content educative content that we can actually dump them in the mobile phone that become useful for the society so if you have children we have a lot of different different um content on that you can actually put on your on your phone for your child you can either use kindle for kids um install kindle and then buy them content um from the amazon store the key thing here also is now we need to look at contextual learning so that what, what what we don't want to do is to create a society that is educated with the context of other people right. what we lack now and another coffee preview and his team are doing something about it is the content that is relevant and that is shaping our generation within the context of ghana blended with where the world is going so let me give you a, a, a very interesting example that we explored as part of our build-up you, you've been on springboard i mean yeah. you've seen springboard and what is done across the nation and so what we've done with springboard is to travel across the country and try to point emerging leaders to the future and arm them with not just the inspiration but the tools to be able to transform their lives and build their careers we are in the entering the 12th edition of going around this nation every single year and as we begin to build up towards next year, the theme of which is leveraging strategy and technology, we begin to ask ourselves, how, how do we ourselves live this, this, this theme? <laughs> and so we began to take existing content from the roadshow and then put them up on, on, on social media and contextualize them mm. on social media. Mm. And what we are beginning to realize is that content that was consumed live by an audience not exceeding 5,000. In some instances, just 800 people in the room, mm. one of them has garnered 550,000 views across different countries, which means that at their own convenience, people can sit down and consume information that was provided to an audience live of less than 1,000 people, and yet... 550,000 people can consume it. So he's telling us that, listen, what is the big deal? Next year, not just mm -hmm. old content, live mm -hmm. content will be streamed to a cumulative audience of a million. And just imagine how much power that will give. And, and the power with that as well is that you get the opportunity to see other people contribute to that content so from different, different parts of the world. So they're asking so questions, they are connecting, yes. and it's become just an amazing digital experience. Democratization. Yes. And that is very important. That is democratization. <laughs> that is democratization. And exactly what you mean. So that, so 18 the minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. It's getting very interesting in the studio here. If you just joined us and wondering what you are excited about, this is Springboard, your virtual university and we are just talking about the power of personal learning. We are just saying that it's not just about what happens in the classroom. Whether you have the school fees or not, whether you get a chance to go to a course or not, whether you get the, the, the subject you like or not, you can literally define your own learning experience and, and, and model it and, and execute it with, 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 with joy because no one can stop you from learning online anything you want to but learn. That means that we also need mm. our own local versions of Coursera mm. or we need to be able to partner them to create our own massive open learning platforms because the content that we are getting, for example, when we pick, let's say, Coursera, it's a Stanford University yeah, and other universities that, that come together. Where is University of Ghana in that mix? Where are the Ghana case studies? You want to be able to share the case studies cross yeah. you know across 
So that, that, that for us is very, that's something that I believe that um, we need to be able to explore as a nation, as a people. We need to create content. And we need to deliberately build our own massive online learning platforms. So why, why is the, spring, the, the springboard ex- example I gave you, why is it getting so much traction? Because the TED Talk that you are seeing online is giving you an American example. Mm-hmm. It's giving you a Canadian example. Yeah, right. This is a Ghanaian. Yeah. Right. A Ghanaian. You can relate to the stories. <laughs> you can relate to the context, the ideas. Yeah. And so that, I believe, is what is attracting people. For me, the exciting thing about it is the Pan-African outlook of what is happening. Because monitoring our consumption, both on the podcast service as well as on Facebook, we are seeing huge interest from a certain belt of African countries, yeah. especially the, the English-speaking Speaking ones. Country. And so the power of being able to see we can link up with our Nigerian brothers and sisters, we can connect to certain countries and have a big experience is absolutely amazing. Yes. Let me bring into the studio Gad Okran, who, who studied the one course and decided that he wanted to change his entire life by <laughs> taking on board <laughs> online learning and then giving himself options that he never, ever thought that he would have. And God represents all those listening tonight who are saying, listen, if I had this information 10 years ago, I would have done a different thing with my life. And people say that until they retire, they die. God is a very young guy. He's not that old. He's very young. So he's a millennial. God, come close to the microphone. Come close to the microphone and tell me, tell me, so what did you you study in formal education and how did online or personal learning transform your journey? Tell us. So I studied telecom engineering. I studied telecom engineering at Ghana Technology University. But um, in level 100, I realized that I had passion for marketing and, and business as usual. So what I said is that I, I decided to research online to know areas of marketing that I can fit in. So I realized that um, my interest was more geared towards social media. So what I did was to just Google social media marketing blogs then google suggested to me various blogs that i can learn the other thing that i also did was to search for specific keywords like how to study social media marketing how to develop a social media strategy and that is when i started it so what i did was that day in and day out i was visiting those blogs and learning from them the other thing that i also did is that a lot of the blogs Example, uh, hubspot.com, social media examiner, they have their own, uh, as part of their content strategy, they have their own resources. So they have you guys, they have templates that you can actually download. So I downloaded a whole lot of them and I started to study. And what, the, what, was your, what was your motivation in doing all this? I mean, looking at the average person, I mean, and I hate to say this, but it's not the same for everyone, but predominantly, you find that most people are listen, looking at how they can use their course outline to pass the exam and get a beautiful certificate. What, what was different for you, God? I think for me, what was different for me was one, uh, the, passion, the passion for the subject, because I realized that digital media was, an, was a new area. And I, the other thing was also the commitment, because I remember about three years ago, I used to school in Ghana Telecom, but staying in Adenta, Every day I find myself in University of Ghana Bam Library and I can study about 10 e-books a day. So the commitment, one of the things with online learning is that there's an issue with content seeding. The contents are not being framed up as in when you are in the university, you have various modules that you are going through. 
So you should be able to dedicate your time to see them. So if you want to learn, let's say, email marketing, you need to be able to compare various articles and various e-guides from various sources. Also follow various uh, influencers on LinkedIn. Yeah. And also, so the key issue is the commitment that I have. You know, without a commitment, you cannot learn online. Because I myself, have, and even now, what I've done is that a lot of the social media blogs, the international blogs, I have followed them on Facebook. And what I, I do is that any time that I switch on, I log on to Facebook, whatever I see is content from them. Where, where do you log on from? Is it your phone? From my phone. Pause there. <laughs> 12 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock and I, I'm sure you know why I did this 12 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock if it is true Derry, as they say that over 35 million mobile phone connections exist in this country yeah. then our developmental agenda must explore how to use phones to empower our people to do what they otherwise could not have done. God, your story is very, very interesting. Let me come to you, Nikwe Kote, and ask you, so for you as an HR person watching this young man, I'm sure you're fascinated by <laughs> what he could bring to the table yes. if he's given a chance at Ecobank. I'm, I'm just saying that people who, beyond what they learn in school, have the passion and the commitment to explore new learning and explore subjects that they otherwise have no access to. If these people are giving problems in the bank, won't they be able to make an impact in, in, in the bank? Um, interestingly, I read um, a comment that somebody posted on LinkedIn about um, career development and training. You know, in the past, the, the assumption has been that, uh, okay, when you enter into the workplace, yeah, it is the responsibility of the employer to train you and build your capacity. But here is a millennial who was talking about taking his life, his career into his own hands, and looking at the various opportunities and platforms that he thinks he can develop himself without necessarily waiting for the employer, you know, to develop him. So this is an inspiration, you know, that if people of his age at this time are taking their own career into their own hands, you know, by you know investing in time and technology to learn a host of other courses that sometimes I not even think is relevant to what they are doing, but in a way will help them, you know, build them for them to become an all-rounded person. You know, this is the kind of person I would like to work with, you know, I will hire, you know, to be part of my team because he comes with different scope, you know, with different uh, mindset. And such a person, when you give him a problem to solve, he has different angles, you know, to tackle the problem from. Yeah. It is 10 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. Pastor Ramsford, join me in the studio. Let's, let's put context to this discussion. I'm just enjo enjoying this experience. And this is Springboard of Virtual University. Uh, my, my, my brother, Pastor Ramsford, I will say, is coming up next to the work of Jesus. But I want him to join me in the studio because he, as a pastor and, and, and also a person who develops people, has an interest in seeing people's lives get better. Pastor Ramsford, so today our discussion has been about how technology allows an individual to learn anything you like and how if people can just take the mobile phone as a gift of god and a tool to improve themselves literally they can do anything that they want to do yeah. so the person who says if i had a chance i'll go to go to another country and learn about about uh, flying aircraft or doing this or doing that can sit down the comfort of their village mm. and literally with internet access can learn anything we've just listed some areas on my facebook page um albert any okran 
courses that people can obtain online. As a pastor, somebody who invests in people, how, how do you feel about what what prospects this provides for developing people? Trust me, I was completely blown away uh, listening to you uh, as I feed into the information that was being turned out. Then I was like, wow. I mean, this. Uh, opens people up to such great opportunity to really upgrade themselves in such a short time if they commit to it, you know. And I, I believe that the word is out there. Anybody who's listening to the program right now knows that they, there's a massive resource avenue open to them just by the internet and the means of, if you will, the mobile phones that people carry and stuff like that. Right. And they can upgrade themselves immensely and develop their capabilities to really utilize the information out there that right. can uh, you know help them uh, build up for better impact on, on society so just one one point i'll make before we come in to wrap up on this one so on our podcast service for instance we are doing about 40 countries as we speak and the podcast service is very beneficial to people who say as for me, I don't like reading, but I like listening. Exactly. So on our podcast service, we have about 80 different messages from public speaking to how to write to attitude to different, different things. And it's available 100% free of charge. Just go there and it's there. Yesterday, I was doing a, a little training session. And when I told the people they could literally access it and they For did free. it and within less than a minute, they, they had access nobody told us but that's the painful thing about life yeah. I mean just just for your benefit if you are listening tonight and you want to find out how to get on our podcast the name is, is the same again Springboard Zone just go to any podcast service if you have an iPhone there's a, the podcast um, icon is there just click on it and then search for Springboard Zone you see the picture of Comfort and I and that is it just subscribe and the messages are there anytime a new one comes, comes up a notification will pop on your phone and you can add it to your collection you can download you can share it with somebody and it's free free and free of course if you're on an android device just go to your various your preferred podcast provider or go to exactly. podcast addict and then just download it let me come back into the studio Pastor Ramsford, so you are next but i i think that this aspect is very very interesting and it should feature in in your outlook as <laughs> you build your church but <laughs> Derry, take us home um, let's 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 wind this down right. what 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 does personal development what does it put in the hands of the average individual right i believe that what it does is it gives you capabilities that either to you wouldn't have gotten unless you went to sit in a classroom um i believe that what it does is that it it, it makes you more useful um, within different contests, within different situations. Um, what it also does is that it, it empowers you. Um, you're able to engage in different conversations because we are in an era of conversations and your ability to be able to have conversation in different settings will determine where you go. One, one key thing, though, is that we need to understand that it's very important that we invest in it. We invest time and money because some of these things, um, I mean, as much as they are freely available on the Internet, um, you need to be able to also find it, find the right amount of money to be able to invest in the in the in the quality ones because there are thousands of content. Which of them do you really go for? Some people are taking their time to create content that are very quality, and you might have to pay for it. Yeah. Right, um, Kafui, must this always be about adding to our career, or we can learn for just for curiosity? 
Oh, you can learn for curiosity and support what your passion, you know, you can be a science teacher and still be learning how to do marketing. You can even have a part-time job by doing this. And so I want to encourage people. So podcast multiple streams of income? Yes, you can do multiple streams of income by learning for free and a couple of them by paid services. Yeah. So I think that people should just explore. And the new jobs that are coming in the next 5, 10, 15 years right now, you need to really relearn. So unlearn what you have and just relearn what you need to do. And Nikki, then right, right learn as well. <laughs> Nikki, <laughs> <laughs> looking at how things have changed, when you look into the future, what is it likely to look like in, in the corporate world? Well, um, there are two sides to the coin here. We have some who are saying that, well, what is here to come, you know, poses a lot of challenges, especially in the technology space. Equally, it brings a lot of opportunities. So as an individual, you need to also research about what is going to happen because, um, for instance, um, this era that we are in, like you said rightly, it was predicted and it's come to pass. Everything that is going to, you know, being said about the future is going to happen. So we need to, you know, be one step ahead of our time and be prepared for the changes that are coming because whether we like it or not they are going to come yeah, <laughs> we, like we, we shouldn't box ourselves yeah. i think that sometimes we, we put ourselves in a box and then we are unable to come out of it we need to be open-minded when it comes to this new era of learning because erosion is not the washing away of the top soil by wind or water that's the way we are taught but if right. you really go deeper you can actually express yourself um, better in terms of defining even what erosion is i think i think <laughs> next week we'll get very interesting because we'll bring on a new dimension to this whole discussion but god before we go just tell me what was the future for you you, you are we are just inspired by a young man who's trying to build a new path for yourself how do you see yourself in the future in just a minute i think uh, i see myself as one of the uh, digital business leaders here in ghana yes so um, i recently left my job at iflis which is a global competitor for netflix and i was a digital manager and currently a digital consultant for Tej Group. Wow. Yeah, which Tej Ghana is for. Yeah, yeah consultant. Yeah. Uh, he's doing for a lot, a lot of big, big companies. He's, he's, living, he's living his dream. <laughs> All right, I want to say a big thank you to um, Gad Okran, who just joined us, Derry Dindazi, um, Kafui Prebi, and Nikwe Koti. I've just enjoyed um, this interaction about personal development. Next week is that big one. Next week, the World Economic Forum has, talking about prediction, the World Economic Forum has predicted that in the year 2020 and beyond, the top 10 job skills that you will need to be relevant if you don't have them forget it one cognitive flexibility two negotiation three service orientation four judgment and decision making five emotional intelligence six coordinating with others seven people management eight creativity nine critical thinking and ten complex problem solving can you imagine that i spoke at the graduation of a university at their last graduation and just before i spoke the vice chancellor this report had come out a week before and the vice chancellor was reading these 10 things to the students and they were taking selfies <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> if i had a chance i read one skill at the launch of linda.com just one statement that was made and it says very clearly just to help our learners put themselves in context the skills that you you have now or where you have today will prepare you for tomorrow in fact the shelf life of their skills are less than five years and many of today's fast-growing job categories will not exist in five years. Amen.
<laughs> Did you hear that? Amen. So next week, we're going to talk about these 10 skills and what it means. I'm going to bring on HR experts. I'm going to bring on people who are out there in industry. How do they measure these 10 skills? How do you acquire them? And what would it mean for people who are in the university today? Are we learning what is absolutely irrelevant already? Or will we be big players going forward? That is the discussion as we continue to explore education and the power of technology. My name is Albert Okran. And coming up next, I work with Jesus. And guess what? Pastor Ramsford will be hosting Amos Kelvin Annan and then Adolf Aukubekwin as we explore parenting and what it involves. But on behalf of Matthew, Priscilla, Amos and the boss herself, comfort. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Good night.